Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's another week, very special week here. Welcome back to the, the panel discussion. I am one of your three awesome hosts, Matt Johnson, alongside my good friends. I'm Greg Knowlton. Chris Geller. And today we are Venom. Yes, that is right. We are doing a Venom-themed episode. We're super stoked. The new movie comes out next week. Or actually, technically this week, uh, upon the date of release. October yeah. 5th is the official release date. Um, exciting. A little nervous. I don't know how it's going to pan out. I, I, I'm hoping for good things. I've seen some scenes that look cool. Oh, the, the scene that they just released of him fighting the security guards, just like, I loved it. And I'm, it made me so excited. Just him copying them. Like them saying, like, mass, oh, mass. copy. Yeah. And then he did it with Venom, and Venom's like, copy. Like, I love seeing them on the same page. So it gave me a lot of hope. Like, it's like, ooh, ooh, okay, okay. It could be, it could be really good. Um, and the CG is definitely good. Like, it's, it's not top of the line, yeah. I'd say. That um, always makes me nervous, but it's very along the same lines as Hulk. Yes. It, it may be one of those movies where maybe we don't like some of the story, but the acting is so good, like Thor. Like, uh, but. Man, that Tom Hiddleston. And I think yeah. it's going to be the same way. Like, uh, but that Tom Hardy is really good. <laughs> as long, and Aziz Ahmed should be a really yeah. awesome villain. Yes. As long as I can get over the accent. as long, Because like, in the trailer, the the accent threw me off a little bit. Um, Not to put my wife on the spot, but she literally was like, does he have autism? I was like, no, <laughs> that's just his, his, his New York accent. Yeah. And she's like, oh, it's like he's he's not normally. So it it took a little to get you used to, but it sounds better. The more trailers it's been out, it sounds a little crisper. I don't know. It may might have just been the way they edited that first trailer. It could have been. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure some stuff has changed. We'll see stuff in the movies that we didn't. You know, we'll see stuff in the trailers that we that don't make it to the movies. The final cut. I have it a always theory. happens that ways. What's that? We're gonna see how well it does. Mm-hmm. If it does well and it tells a good story, Kevin Feige will go. It's part of the MCU. Well, they already – so Sony – I was actually yeah, reading this morning. I can see that. Sony said that the reason Venom has a PG-13 trailer is because they would like to see it as part of the MCU. They I, just want their hands on it still, but they want it to be part of the canon story. I think that's – I guarantee that's what it is. I think Kevin Feige is just seeing if they mess it up. He yeah. doesn't want to take a risk because if he takes a risk and says, oh, yeah, it's Marvel's – studios doing venom and then venom tanks and then it's like oh well oh there's an mcu movie that was terrible right i think i think to sony's realized all right we can't beat them it might be okay to try to join them but stay somewhat on our own and that's why they have a bunch of stuff set up but they're like hey yeah we'll we'll mix with you especially watching fox go down they're like yeah the but the I ships hate, are sinking. No, I know. I they hate are. most of their ideas for movies, though. Yeah. Like, it's just, I'm sorry, but no one's going to watch a Nightwatch movie, especially after Spawn. Nightwatch. Um, um, no one's going to watch, no watch a Jackpot movie. I'll, I'll, like, I'll, 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 I'll be these are all characters I love being a Spider-Man fan, but, but they're not movie. They don't worthy. carry a movie. I'll, I would be all about Morbius. I'm just a little that nervous. That can work. Morbius would work. But. Because I wanted a Morbius TV show on but Netflix. But it's Leto, and I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did. He he, a he's joker. a good actor. He's just he, And who knows if that was his choices or a little bit of everything, the director's choices as well. But he he could be a good Morbius. I always pictured Morbius a little bigger, and that might have just been because of the animated series as True. well. True. Yeah, but. he was. He had a big, very big presence, uh, so to speak. Um, 
But yeah, today it's all Venom. We we're, instead of six individual issues of comic books, we picked six arcs, and actually technically seven, um, because we have a sort of a main event one we're going to cover. Main event. Main event. Like it sounds legit. Venom the main event. event. <laughs> we got to say that again once we're getting ready to cover it too. <laughs> um, but we'll spoil them as we go. Uh, actually, if you're reading this pod. Uh, Listening to it right now, you probably read the show description. You'll, you'll have seen uh, what books we have um, to unveil. Uh, but before we get going, just wanted to get like some of your thoughts on on Venom, on the various symbiotes, on on Eddie Brock, the different people who have possessed a symbiote suit, um, or as in the new movie, the symbiote, as <laughs> it as they call it. Um, just some of your thoughts. I mean. Who would have thought back in the first Secret Wars when Spider-Man got that that black suited, you know, the, the black suit? What that black suit would have became? Yeah, I, how iconic it is! It's cool. It's always cool to think about something that was just like a, hey, let's like let's throw this this dart at the wall and see if it sticks, become something so big. And I feel like that's what Venom was like. Yeah, let's see what happens with this. Oh, he's one of the main characters of our universe now. Yeah, and he, it took a while, but it did take a while. Um, I mean, he got he came out and he was uber popular, and now I mean, in this day and age, you get we're getting Venom stories left and right, yeah, just various stuff, and it's 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 really cool. I'm glad to see it. Um, this is it's been a fun ride. He's a big part of. Uh our generation's culture uh, yeah. in the aspect of one of the most popular ways to get tattooed and body painted and everything is Venom. Yeah. And it's, he was just so much different. I don't know. I guess you would say like, so the eighties in comics were just so kind of blah. It was the same guy, people from the seventies and sixties. There wasn't really a lot of innovation. Right. Late eighties, it started happening with the X-Men and stuff like that. And you saw it in the nineties too. And Venom was one of those big, like, whoa, this is the Gen X. This is the nineties. Like he was so edgy. And I think from what the, the, that time period, because this this is a time where Ghost Rider is a popular comic. He's a popular, you know, Venom becomes a popular comic book character, like Wolverine. Like those are edgier characters. Yeah, Punisher too. No one, no one was just like, oh, gee, jolly Captain America. Like it was like (laughs) anti-heroes. Give me a dude that might kill somebody. Yeah. Out of vengeance. Like, you know, um, and I, I, I think he came with the culture and as that, those kids grow up, they're adults. They show their children. And Venom, I would put him in a top ten Marvel character. Oh, absolutely. So let me ask you this, and because I think this is true, but your opinions. Do you think part of Venom's popularity has to do with the 90s animated cartoon? Yes. Because I, I, I don't. No, okay. I don't. Okay. Um, Venom was not highly used on that show. Um, he had a couple of appearances and they were pretty cool, um, without a doubt. But I, like I said, I, I rewatched it. I rewatched it. I found it I on, the, on the fire stick and he only had, there weren't like maybe six episodes out of five seasons okay. yeah. entirely, you know, and not enough to really gain that popularity. I know Spider-Man has a lot of other villains to deal with, 
Um, he, him and Carnage though were the launching pad for uh, I want to say Spider-Man Unlimited, which but I think I'm wrong in the name. No, you are right. It was the response to like Batman Beyond. Yes, it was the one in the the future or yeah, whatever, yes. right? Where like him and Carnage were actually like the main characters. For Even that. though it lasted a season, yes, they, yeah. they did they did feature that. Um, I think Venom's pop. I mean. Just good storytelling. Yeah, I agree. Good. He came out at the right time. Like I think he made his official um, debut with Eddie Brock. It was their 300th issue of Amazing Spider-Man. I think I'm pretty sure that's what it was. They needed a big major villain, and Venom was that villain. And I think you know the timing of the put it in the the subtle references to him building up to that. Like there was instances, random instances in comics where he would get shoved by a mysterious entity and nobody knew what it was. And this was, it, it built up for yeah. quite some time after he removed, uh, Peter Parker removed the symbiote suit. Um, but I think just, yeah, a case of good writing, um, good visual, like he's just oh, a, so such cool. a cool looking character and his 90s stuff is the best. Yeah. I think. Um, and I really like Eddie Brock. Eddie, I mean, there's been a lot of different hosts for the Venom symbiote. Um, Eddie Brock is obviously probably the most famous one. Now we have Flash Thompson, Which the big is my one. my favorite, yeah. Agent Venom. Uh, Matt Gargan was another big one uh, with the Thunderbolts. And yeah, Gargan was a lot like the superior Spider-Man take on Venom, in my opinion. It was like, let's see what the, the it's Venom that does. hammer Norman Osborn world. Yeah. Yes. If you put it straight on an actual villain, like, what, what would Venom be? And... Oh, he abused it. Yeah. I, I read a highlight. I, I seen a video. Uh, RNS Entertainment on YouTube, and they did a thing like when Gar- they first gave Gargan the suit, and he was just what he would do. He would just soak up in the popularity. He would sleep with women, kill them, and, you know, just because he was Venom. Yeah. That was that was his whole appeal, so to speak. I think the host thing is one of the things that makes Venom interesting, because unlike other heroes, when you change the suit, you have the potential to be like. I don't really like this new this new person, or it doesn't really make sense. Why are they Captain America now? Right. Venom, it's like, no, it makes sense that he's jumping from host to host. Like, yes. That's totally okay. Like, you can keep him fresh and bounce him around, and it not be that weird. Like, sure, there's going to be hosts that you don't love. There's going to be hosts that different people relate to. But you could get away with just going like, oh, Venom hopped on random guy on the bus, number three, because, oh, something about him. And it'd be okay. Right. No, without it, yeah, it does make sense. I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of superheroes or any superpower beings changing their secret identity. Um, like there was a, a girl Hawkeye and, and stuff. Yeah, and, they've all and changed. Some of the, they've all changed, but I mean, in hindsight, yes, it does keep things fresh because I think his stint with Matt Gargan, Venom's stint with Matt Gargan was like, I think it's the se- longest second to Eddie yeah. Brock. Um, it was on there for a very long time. I remember it being a big deal when they announced that their comic books, Venom, the suit was returning to Eddie Brock. Yeah, I you know, know because it launched Anti Venom, and and so much more. Like it's just and now he's back again in the main main story. He's back on Eddie, and it's I'll I'll touch on that at the end real quick because I think it's a really important story to Venom, but it's it's so cool and it's they're doing a really good job with it. No, they're very good. Uh, the future looks bright, and I'm glad this movie has seen really sparked a. 
a renaissance in Venom comic books. Look at all the titles. I mean, there's so many. I now. read the Venom one-off, and that last was week, yep. So, and I, I want a series of that. Well, there is. So that okay. is the, the that that connects not Venom, but the current story. The current, I think it's it just hit issue six. When the volume comes out in December, it's actually titled Rex after Rex Strickland. Grendel is the main villain in that story, as well as some of some other stuff. Uh, like I said, I was going to touch on that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, it's cool. It's, it's a, I was actually thinking about doing those six episodes for this, those six books. Um, but I couldn't get my hands on them fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> but like, just the opening cover is Venom sitting on a building with like gargoyle wings. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. Really that, cool. sounds, that sounds pretty cool. Right. So, um, I mean, is there any of the other stuff you want to get, you want to touch upon with the symbiote? I mean, there's been a lot of really cool ones. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously Carnage, uh, super important to the whole symbiote legacy. And there's been a lot of, like, kind of ones that went under the radar, so to speak. Uh, like, there's a lot of new ones as well. They're starting to get more. Um, there's starting to be more. I know one of my favorite other ones growing up, besides Venom, uh, and I I, found, I learned of him through the Separation Anxiety video game, actually, was Lasher. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was... I'll old. talk a little bit about Lasher. Okay. Yeah. Doing Separation Anxiety, yeah. Uh, currently, there was one... I actually... Another book. I was looking at a ton of them. Venom Incorporated has a character called Maniac, which is a symbiote I haven't heard of. Um, oh, yeah. He, I think he's newer. I think yeah, he's, newer, he's a yep. newer one. And he's part of the... Eddie Brock has Venom back, but... Agent Venom as well. You have Anti Venom and now Agent Anna Venom, uh, which is interesting. He's switched now that Eddie's back. They wanted to keep Flash Thompson mm-hmm. in the fold because fans really like him, uh, which I'll talk yeah, about. Yeah, they really gravitated towards him. And now he's wearing the Anti Venom suit, but it's not the same suit. It's a little different. He just developed the antibodies as well. You've got who the ones we can expect to see. Well, one of we've got Riot. Yes. Um. I mean, Scream is, Scream just, is visually she's amazing. The, like, my favorite. Visually, she's yeah. yeah, the most popular. I actually have um, some guy sold me an issue at one of the comic cons that I went to because it was uh, and it pointed out, hey, this was Scream's debut, and That's she's awesome. pretty much she hasn't been really relevant as of late, but like '90s, like she was like the thing. I remember, my sister had a toy of Scream. Um, I, I would play with it all the time. She never played with any of my superhero toys, luckily. But I would just play with Scream because she was so cool looking. Yeah. Do, do you think we'll see the Life Foundation symbiotes, like, more than just a Flash? Do you think they're hiding that? Because they haven't shown a lot of action. I, I think that I think that's a huge part of the story. Um, yeah. Because it, it, it's been confirmed that it is the Life Foundation. That, that, it is. Okay. But they haven't shown them at all, which no, is but crazy to me. Yes, Only no, we, know, we know Riot's the one villain, but can yeah. you have Riot without the other five? The other four. That's true. Um, it's entirely possible. But if you look at the, I think it was the first or second trailer, um, the different colors of symbiotes um, squirming around in their containers. There was a yellow one. Really? There was a yellow one. Um, There was... So it it might not fall because obviously those those five Rage, um, Lasher, Lasher, Agony, Agony, Riot, and um, Scream. Scream. Uh, I think Rage was one of them, right? Right. I think so. That sounds about right. They're the um, same five that are. In there, front you know what's funny is they're not named in Separation Anxiety. No, they no, named them not. later. No, so I just looked them all up. But. but but they are children of Venom, just the same as Carnage's. They yep. were extracted from him. Toxin is another one later. Toxin, what? Toxin's Carnage later. Yes. Yeah, from Carnage. And there was a 
one it was called Hybrid. Yeah. It's yeah. actually a combination of all five of the, yeah. those ones. And Hybrid was like an anti-hero, though, wasn't yes. it? Yes, yeah. yes, he, he was. was. He was Short-lived, though, short-lived. Yeah, it was formed, like, all five came on to Eddie, I think, at one point. He came on to De- they were all, all on Deadpool was at once as well, in Deadpool versus Venom. Uh, or Carnage, sorry, Deadpool versus Carnage. But, yeah. Yeah, awesome. There's Let's- so much. You could probably just talk about stuff outside of what we're reading for oh hours. Oh my god. Um, I could li- I could I could easily do this episode for like 3 hours, yeah. but <laughs> unfortunately I don't know if people would want to listen to that that long. It you would never just know. be my mom. <laughs> <laughs> she is a saint. I'll tell you that much. Um let's get into it though. Um who wants to start? We'll start with I'm not going to say your least favorite. What's it? Oh, I was saying you wanted to new well, oh, no, it's right. No, we're all various. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's right. Cuz I have both. I have one two new. Yeah. Whichever one is your favorite out of the two that you selected, save that one for your, your last one. Okay. Okay. So, all, all right. right. Who wants to go? Chris, you want to start us off? Yeah. Um I'm going to go with separation anxiety. So good. Um I picked up the whole book. I read <laughs> there were some stories that had nothing really to do with separation anxiety. <laughs> so, very cool though. I uh, I've learned of a character named Vengeance which is just Awesome. He's like a Venom Ghost Rider. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. They they had a couple like sh- small stories, kind of just given, I think, background. It was like, it looked like it was between Lethal Protector and Separation Anxiety. So yeah. kind of just what's Eddie Brock doing in San Francisco and stuff like that. But, uh, as far as the matter at hand, Separation Anxiety, and I am going to kind of cover two of the Spider-Man runs that they put in here, just because it's a Scarlet Spider story and that's what's on awesome. the cover here too. Yes. And it introduces Scream in that aspect of she's oh, like, Venom, we need your help. We need your help. You know, who who are you? You know what I mean? Venom And Venom wants to kill her because Eddie Brock wants to kill all other symbionts. Like, they must die. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, you know, and there's like, and at this point, Ben Riley's like, trying to find himself. He doesn't, like, he knows he's a clone. And it's like, I'm living another man's life. It's all a lie. Stuff like that. So that was a really cool backstory. I thought to really lead into what separation anxiety was. Absolutely, yeah, I did like that part of that that whole book, whole collection. Because, um, well, I won't spoil the the book we did yet, but or I did. Um, but yeah, no, that's it's always nice to have a backstory, see what leads into what's going on. So to to kind of start where it ends here, uh, just because this is a big book here, so just got to see where we end there. Let's see here. Okay. So yeah. So um, we, we we really start off uh, with this where Eddie Brock is captured because the symbiote is off him. They have the symbiote and they have Eddie Brock, and there's um, it was weird. So there are these like security patrol guys, and they look like the X Men. <laughs> like, like in, in their like blue and gold like uh, uniform. Is it the Life Foundation? It, it, it is not like the Life Foundation. It is not. Okay. It's um, I forget their name. Uh, but they are. What are they? Just a top secret government laboratory. I've heard, they're just called like government agents. I think. Okay. But there, they have Eddie Brock separated from. The symbiote, and they're just like torturing the symbiote. Like they're experimenting and torturing. And at this point, the famed reporter Ellis, he's, uh, you know, I don't know how in depth we're going to go in these stories. Are we reading the, like, just the main important? I mean, okay. if that's, if it's setting it up, um, yeah, I'm going to so, so anyway, so yeah, so basically Eddie Brock's in a laboratory as well as the Venom symbiote are in there. Test experiments go on. Um, you see Ellis is posing as a doctor, the famed Daily Bugle writer, which you really get to know in the Scarlet Spider story. Yes. Um, and and then, you know, 
showing up, Scream shows up in her human form first and kind of distracts the guys. She's in like a skimpy red outfit or whatever. <laughs> and then here comes the five, the five symbiotes and, and they're, uh, they actually, it's pretty cool. They blend in as like the security guys and then their faces start like melting. The artwork was great into like, the the symbiotes which oh that's really cool. cool so you get just you get a pretty cool like like the, there's a like back and forth they're fighting in in the laboratory Eddie Brock does not like this situation like they're saving him and he does not care um and then the symbiote just goes off on its own um you know they take Eddie Brock uh the five the five symbiotes and the Venom symbiote is just on its own trying to get his way back to Eddie. Uh, find his way back. Um, and you just see a lot of back and forth, uh, fighting and, and everything between the symbiotes and Eddie Brock. And you start to realize, like, there's some in, kind of infighting with the symbiotes and they're all d- deciding and, you know, who they should kill. And there's this, like, um, Carl, who I believe is, I believe is Lasher. Is okay. like, is, oh, yes, it is like, yep. we should get rid of him, kill him, this and that. Scream's like, no, we can't kill him, we can't kill him, we can't kill him. Um, and then the story gets really interesting. So, at, at, you know, at this time, you know, here's more of the security patrol. They're back trying to find him. And, you know, Venom is looking for him. But this is, you know, when it, when it gets really good. So Venom, like, Zasibia just puts himself on a trucker. And just starts killing all these truckers. Like, just trying to, like, say, find his way back to Eddie. And then you start seeing Agony is killed. Um, so now, you know, Lasher's really mad. He, 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 he's looking for him or whatever. And Eddie Brock actually escaped. Um, and he finds Ellis. So now Ed, Ellis and Eddie Brock are trying to get out of there. And the, the other four symbiotes, they're very upset because, you know, you know, Agony was killed, and then they find Eddie Brock, and no one, all they see is they see this sonic blade just pierce, uh, um, it, it looks like it pierced Lasher, but it didn't kill him, it was really confusing, uh, but it pierced Lasher, and then there, there, there's, the next issue is there's just more back and forth fighting, they're calling Eddie Brock a murderer, saying he's killing off all the symbiotes, um, and everything, and he's saying it wasn't me, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. She goes, "Well, who who did this with the knife?" And they're basically interrogating them. The security force comes, they fight that them off, and then there it was. The symbiote finds Eddie Brock once again, um, and it it is revealed that Scream is the murderer that was killing the other symbiote. I thought that was the coolest little swerve. Very cool swerve. Because they, they made her like, it looked like she was the leader and looked like she was the, uh, you know, kind of like, oh, come on, guys, come on, guys, come on, guys. And she was the one killing him off and wanted to kill Eddie Brock and wanted to kill, you know, the Venom symbiote and all that. And that's why, like, she, I think she would have been a good character to have in further Carnage stories. Yes. Uh, I'm surprised she wasn't. Um, I'll completely agree. But then they kind of, and when it's all said and done, Eddie Brock and the Venom symbiote decide to go their own ways because Eddie Brock doesn't know if he's only a murderer because he's with the Venom symbiote or is he a murderer without. Because of himself, um, which is really cool. I know none of us are talking about it today, but that actually leads to the Planet of the Symbiotes uh, yeah. storyline with, um, yeah, separated Eddie Brock from the suit um, and then Ben Riley and Peter Parker. Uh, Spider-Man working together. 
Um, I gotta find those books. I really want to elaborate on that. But yeah, I mean, such a cool read. You know, um, I'm very cool. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, it may be, and it may be wrong. Maybe the first comic where you really had all the other symbiotes like heavily introduced. They're actually in the other one. Is this is yep. Carnage before this, right? Maximum Carnage, or, or is this Carnage? It, carnage is before that. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So, but still, just have these other like little offshoot characters and. Wouldn't, yeah, I think I think this. They were this was right after, before, yeah. This is after the other one. Yes. Okay. So, so they were introduced, but this is, yeah. Um, but uh, it it was a nice read. Um, I read the comments leading up to it too. They weren't really connected, but they were pretty fun. Even a nice little backstory to it leading up. Yeah, you really got to know Eddie Brooks' motive. It was kind of, and I think I kind of know why they tied it in because there's one where. In the first story, it was like a four-episode run where this guy called the Mace or whatever. He was like a cyborg or whatever. Yes. And it finds out that, like, these two forms of, like, kind of, like, people that were living in the underground city, like, the one form were trying to kill the other people. That's why they hired this Mace guy or whatever. So at the end, Venom goes out, you know, Beck told me to banish you. I will banish you for life <laughs> and kills him. And, and, and that's where I think, like, it's like Eddie Brock could have just kicked him out and killed him. And then in the next the next story, like Eddie Brock is killing people, like it's and I can see where it's, it's like just piling up. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, Eddie. It's always such a weird thing because I I love Eddie Brock's overall his moral code, essentially. I mean, like I posted on the Facebook page earlier, um, but even with this, you know what I mean. His intentions are good, but at the very end, he doesn't know if it's him or the symbiote, which I think. It just adds another layer to their relationship. Oh, and the biggest part, I skipped out, the biggest part, the reason why they want Eddie Brock is they want him to teach him how to connect with their symbiote because they're, they're just rage is filled. Every time the symbiote talks to them, they can't balance it out like Eddie Brock does. Yes. Like, where Eddie Brock's two people where they just become Lasher, they just become Riot, just become Agony, where he is Eddie Brock and Venom at the same time. Yeah, he does a good job of it. Um Definitely, definite difference. I love all those ex, those little symbiotes. I love the entire symbiote clan, like stories, so to speak. Every one of them, I think it's a really cool um, ability. And like a couple months ago, somebody brought you know, you know what what kind of superpowers would you like to have if uh, you know if you had a choice? And you know, everyone's traditional answer is like, oh, I'd like to fly. Or I'd like super strength. And I'm like, fuck, I want a symbiote. <laughs> you can just have all of that with a symbiote. Yeah. You can swing around, dude. Like, how cool would that be to have a symbiote? And then there's so many. Like, now with the the new planet of symbiotes, like, they have, like, wings or, like, all yes. crazy stuff. It's all sorts of lore with it. And it's so cool because there's so much more they can do. And it's they're so, like, all different and all have different personalities. Oh, I think they're going to. If this Venom movie blows up the way I think it will... um, there's there's going to be so much more extra, and people are getting the cosmic yeah. ties to, uh, yeah. to it. I mean, it is an alien like so. That, that's the craziest yeah, and thing. And now they're they're just they're tied to a evil celestial basically in the new lines. Like it's cool. Like like you have also you keep having new ones. You have Tyrannosaurus. You have Grendel now. Like, yeah, you have Maniac. There's all these new symbiotes, and I think we're gonna get a whole bunch out of the new current. 2018 Venom run. Plus, who knows what First Host is? I haven't read First Host yet. I know they're gonna probably produce. We, 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 there, oh, yeah. there is one introduced, so it's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, but as always, we got grade. It's grade in time. All so right. For our new listeners, uh, what we do, it's we grade 
our books, our reads, so to speak, five categories, um, each out of ten. And we add them up for an overall score. We grade on art, action, story, dialogue, and rereadability. Um, so, Chris, for Separation Anxiety, the entire story, what grade would you give the artwork? Um, artwork is so cool. The color, colorization, the, the, just all the different symbiotes and all that. I'll give the artwork 10. Okay. It was just, it was like a cartoon come to life, but not campy, if that makes any sense. Um, and it kind of looked like a video game too, like a really good video game from like the late <laughs> 90s. Uh, so I would give that a 10. Um, okay. Action, really cool. Uh, I mean, there wasn't the classic Venom fight no. in this. So I can't give it like a ten because he was separated through with it from it throughout. Yeah, much, right? so yeah, pretty much it's almost the whole thing. He does, he doesn't have it. Um, and there was a cool little fighting between the other symbiotes and stuff. I'll give the action a seven. Okay. Um, storytelling, uh, very cool. Um, I mean, right off the bat, you know, you you get to know these these symbiotes and 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 just this, like you said, the swerve and. The infighting, and so I'll give the storytelling nine. Nine, very good. Dialogue. Dialogue was really cool. Uh, there was a couple points where I just felt like I felt like in the Scarlet Spider run, it was easier to follow. I'm um, just the, the 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 way the bubbles were and everything. Yes. So I'll give the dial. I mean, but it was still good dialogue. I'll give it a. I'll give it a seven. Seven. Okay. And rereadability. Um, this is really cool. Uh, I mean, I would pick it up again just to like kind of show people a scream and, and and listen that like so. Rereadability, I'll give that an eight. Eight. All right, so let's add up your scores here. Now this is for the overall f- story arc, not not how we traditionally do it, um, which is you know individual books based. So let's see what we got here. Plus eight. Forty-one out of fifty on the entire. Story of separation anxiety. Um, what I think that came out in '94. I believe it's '94. Okay. Um, I want to say that because I think Plan and Quote Me, but I'm pretty sure I saw that. So let me just look at the book. There's the front cover right here. Sometimes they put it in there. Sometimes it's sometimes out. I'll use a. Uh, let me use Google. December first, <laughs> the ultimate superpower. Didn't say the year. Um, no, that's the video game. Nope, okay. December 1994 to yep. March of 95. And it was, how many issues? Was it five? Four. 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 Okay. Yep, yep, I see it right here. Okay. Phenomenal. So, I'm glad you liked it. Um, you know what? I'll... Let me go next. I'll throw a little. That's a little all, that's actually there. perfect because I'm going to swerve both your stories when we get to me. Oh, so. very good. Okay, um, this one was a fun one. I actually picked up at the Rock Con a couple months ago, and I was really split on this one. Or uh, there was another really cool story I picked up from there with Venom and the Juggernaut. Um, but this one is Venom Funeral Pyre. It is. It ran from August of 1993 to October of 1993, um, but it features the Punisher, and I thought it was pretty cool. Two people with um, sadistic, similar, similar ideologies, I, I guess to speak, um, but they, 
you know, on the outside looking in, similar, but to them, completely different, which is pretty cool. And they both like the color black. Yes, they do. <laughs> and it's got like the cool bluish black, like 90s artwork that I love so much. I'm looking at this first cover and it's like holographic. And <laughs> I was so pumped finding this book. So pumped. And yeah, the cover is just so, it sucks you in, man. And like the other two covers are really good. But let me start with issue one. I'm going to run through this really quickly. Okay, so so basically the setting, um, it starts off, uh, Venom is still, he's in San Francisco. Um, but there's somebody being attacked and, a, and some kid's dad um, sees it and tells the people, the, this gang to stop, so to speak. The gang eventually finds this kid's dad and... Um, they kill him, but somebody helps protect the kid, and he leaves him a message, actually, um, to go find Venom, go find Eddie Brock. They tell him where he is. He's in the underground um, underground city beneath San Francisco, and uh, yeah, gets this note. The kid's crying. Venom, you know, suits up. He's ready to go, ready to go protect, and he's swinging through the streets of San Francisco, and of course, as he's doing it, I don't know where the Punisher starts to randomly pop in, and it's cool because they have the Punisher War Journal like boxes oh, explaining cool. everything, you know, what he's doing. Um, but yeah, he shows up. Venom's on his way to go save this kid because um, if he doesn't, the kid pro- could die or do something he regrets. And as he's swinging through the streets, Punisher's just driving his van down. <laughs> It's actually a pretty cool um, artwork box. Got submachine guns, a Gatling gun on top of his van, and he's just shooting through all these gang members on the streets. How cool is the van, by the way? Dude, it is so cool. It is so. He's just plowing through them. Um, but he goes off. He's going to. Let's see. He's going. To, looks like he's going. I forgot exactly what, but he was going to kill somebody. Um, and Venom actually sees this. And webs up the guns from him. Uh, there's a huge confrontation. Punisher shoots at him. And the confrontation ends. Venom just blasts him right in the face. Right in the nose. Blasts him with a brick wall. Punisher's knocked out. Um, so Venom's on his way to go save this individual. And Punisher's back up. And he, he finds him. And he blasts him. With uh, Sonic Sonic Ray on top of his his car, and he actually locks Venom up in a prison cell uh, in the back of his van because he, Venom can't fight it; he's too weakened at this point. And that was pretty much the overall gist of the first book. Book two, Venom uses the symbiotes to get out. It eventually recovers. It goes through a sewer, through a sewer line, and and breaks the breaks the vehicle, busts it up so the sonic beam is not concentrated on him, but he gets out, he smashes up the van some more, he goes after some criminals, and him and the Punisher have a another encounter. Scrolling through really quick. Um let's see. Oh, Punisher's about to get shot. He doesn't know doesn't see it coming. And there's actually another really cool scene. Uh Venom's on the side of a building and he extends the symbiote to cover Punisher to protect him from a gunshot wound. And he's holding it over his head, you know, hey, I saved you. I saved you. And it's actually a funny dynamic because right here they start 
to work together. Um, going on and on. Is it the shield like thing? No, he legit put the symbiote suit on him. Oh, that that's really cool. Because I saw him do the shield really cool in one of the books yeah, that I read. Awesome. Yes, yeah, he has done the shield before. Venom just has like just no shirt on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's got the head and the gloves. It's, <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> I love it. Um, it's like stripper venom. <laughs> let's see. Oh, this kid he's trying to save. He he's starting to get in. He's he's in a gang, but he's trying to get out. He doesn't know how to get out. Um, but he does something bad. He escapes to a lab, and um, he actually ends up shooting one of his fellow gang members. And next, it sets him off. Um, he gets these superpowers inside this lab, and he calls himself Pyre. Uh, that's where the name Funeral Pyre comes from. He attacks the Punisher, and then he starts to attack Venom. And Venom feels horrible because this is the kid he's supposed to save. And if he had made it there in time, um, this kid would be okay. But now this kid's pissed that he did something bad. He's taking it out on Venom. You were supposed to save me. You know, stuff like that. Uh, on to book three. The conclusion, so to speak. Um Real quick, there, this pirate dude is just hammering uh, Venom. Got the symbiote off him, you know. Usually, like it does when he gets hit with Sonics, um, flames, stuff like that. Punisher's getting wrecked. He can't figure out how to beat this guy. Um, let's see, scrolling through. Yeah, the guy's just dead set on it. And then, how did they? Oh, there's like this heavy thing in the lab, and. Um, and it was like hanging up. I don't even know what it is, to be honest with you. But they knock it down, and it lands on this pirate guy's legs. And Venom's still trying to save him, and this kid won't. He Or he can't because the flames. He, he can't. The symbiote can't handle it, and the kid eventually dies. Um, and then there's a little confrontation at the end with Venom and Punisher, because now Venom's blaming the Punisher for the reason why he couldn't save the kid. And... Then Punisher takes off. That's the end of it. Um, if I had more time, I'd get super into detail. But I thought it was a really cool angle. Um, like I said, Punisher, Venom, two people so similar, yet in their eyes so different. And I've never seen anything like this before. Uh, the, a crossover between the two. I figured it happened, but I never read anything like it. And I was I, I thought it was great. It was cool seeing. It's always cool seeing. Venom, Eddie Brock, trying to take that that moral high ground over somebody, because he does it in all the stories, uh, especially this time period. I know some stories he, he differs a little bit, but he always tries to have the moral high ground over everybody. Spider-Man uh, and the Punisher in this case, and I'm sure so many other heroes. I'm sure he's done with Wolverine and, and plenty of other characters. Uh, but it was a great read, and, and uh, if you guys find it, you know, it's it was kind of a hidden one, you know, so to speak. I never never heard of the title before. It's not as mainstream as Separation Anxiety and some of the other books we're going to be covering today. Um, but if you find it, go check it out. It is a very fun read. Three issues. Um, you can probably find it for really cheap online. But on to the grading. Um, artwork for Funeral Pyre. Art. Um, I'm going to give a 10. The covers grabbed you right in. And I've said it on the show before. The 90s artwork for these characters are what I associate with these characters all the time when I think about them. Um, every every time. 
every time. There's stories, there's everything about it. So I'm going to give it a 10. The, the action was really cool. The With the fights between Venom and Punisher, and then eventually when they're teaming up, and the scene where Punisher's just mowing down that street in San Francisco and just gunning down people, you know, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of... It's kind of messed up, but he's just like, uh, just just wrecking everybody. I'm going to give the action a 10. Story, really good. Uh, minimal payoff, but it was a kind of, it was almost a swerve, not as epic as the separation anxiety one, so to speak, but I'm going to give story an 8. Dialogue, again, a lot of the the moral high ground stuff between Punisher and Venom. You owe me, you know, this sort of sort of stuff like that. Let me give the dialogue a 10. Rereadability. Uh, I've actually read it twice since I bought it three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago. It's really good, um, and I would pick it up again. It was, it was a fun read. I'm going to give a 10 on that. So overall, that is a 48 on the entire story, 48 out of 50. Um, yes, it is a high score. It is easier to grade the overall stories a little bit better than individual books. So take that into account um, when you're listening to this. But 48 out of 50 for Funeral Pyre, I think it's a really great read. Um, go check it out. Go check it out if you can find it. Greg, you're up next, my friend. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. <laughs> so I did um, Venom Dark Origin. So this is a little kind of a cool book. They, well, Mac Garrigan was the Venom. They actually released a Eddie Brock origin story. Oh, that totally flips Eddie Brock on its head. Um, Hope in a good way. Nope. <laughs> and morally changes kind of the whole game. So you get a right away this shot of Eddie Brock as a kid, and there's like a little girl looking for her cat. Okay. And Eddie goes, sees what's going on, and he decides to help out. So he runs into his house and finds the cat in his house in a box. <gasps> Brings it back and tells her, "Oh, I found it in a tree. Like here you go." And he's got this like terrifying smile in the in the the comic. Like it's it's a really creepy look and he this that is creepy it's a consistent thing that happens uh and then you kind of get this this thing again with Eddie um basically the story is is kind of setting up who Eddie Brock is and you find out he can tell when people are lying he's very good at picking out liars but he also um that plays into the fact that he his dad tells him that like his mother's death wasn't his fault he actually killed his mother when he was born, and his family doesn't love him because oh. he killed his mother. Um, she died giving birth to him, and there's this scene um, where he's sitting at church, and he asks if the statue of Mary is really his mother, and if she, if it's true and she loves him. And the person's like, no, like your mother's in heaven now. And he's like, well, I don't want to be alone anymore. And he's like, I'm alone, and I feel alone. I don't know what, like, who, who actually cares about me. And you get... Again, him doing the same little trick where he finds something that someone lost and tries to return it to him to get their attention. Another girl, um, and she just she's not having it. He's like, "Oh, but I found your pom pom." Right. And she tries to get away from him. And and you, Eddie is actually in this story a little bit of a creep. He like puts his hands on her and he lies to everybody. He was like, "Oh, I'm on the the wrestling team now." Like, "Hey, everybody, look at me. I'm on the wrestling team. Doesn't that make me so cool?" 
And then you get a shot of him with the wrestling team. And they're like, why are you wearing our coat? You're just the, the equipment manager. What are you doing? And he's like trying to pick up girls, like lying to everybody. So and he's got a little fuck, fucked up childhood. Just a little bit. And then it shows him in college trying to get into, or trying to get into college to be a reporter after he finds out like the big thing of the story that like, it keeps coming up. Like reporters get to tell the truth and make the truth what they want it. Like the truth is what they say the truth is. I see. And he's like, Oh, okay, cool. I'm going to be a reporter then. So you find him in the college is like, yeah, we tried to call the, your, your, uh, your source from whatever newspaper place. But they, it was a custodian's office. He's like, oh, well, well. And he runs and he fakes calls. And you get this consistent, like, Eddie Brock lying and Eddie Brock pretending he's someone he's not. He, like, tells this girl he lives at the college and she needs to help him find the campus and then takes her to a really sketchy area where they get jumped. Oh. And they get saved by Spider-Man. But before they get saved by Spider-Man, Eddie Brock's like, take the girl. Don't Don't save me. Like, you can have her. Like, don't. Just, just, just. If I won't call the cops, I won't tell anybody. Totally different Eddie than what we're used to. Yeah, not even close. Uh, and the the story basically just continues this liar, faker Eddie, and she like sees everyone knocked out, and Spider Man did it, but he takes credit for it. Right. And which leads to him working as a fake, pretending he's a reporter, working as an intern at a, at a news station where a serial killer is currently on the loose. And he gets information about the serial killer and takes credit for it and now begins writing newspapers about the serial killer and gets popular for it. And he's actually like some of the stories are sympathizing with this guy, but but not really. He like lied his way into getting the information from another guy. He just happened to stumble upon it, but is acting like this great support or this reporter. And this sin eater, as the guy calls himself, will only talk to Eddie. Hmm. And he continues, like, only talking to Eddie and um, will only – he keeps talking to him on the phone and Eddie shows up and the sin eater meets him at the church. And actually you get this cool little shot of the callback to the Mother Mary thing. The symbiote is actually sitting on the Mother Mary. And, oh, like, that's cool. I'm sitting, looking at the picture right oh, now and so that's good. really cool. She's like coming out of the eyes, like blood, and then like the web is across it. Well, he's talking to the sin eater. And the senator gives his real name to, to Eddie, and Eddie doesn't want to reveal it yet, but eventually he writes the newspaper, and and after J. Jonas Ameson's like, oh, come join us, like, come join us at the Bugle, and Eddie's like, ooh, maybe I'll do that, like, he's doing all this, and the, finally decides to release the senator's name, and when he does, it's actually a lie, and he's not, the guy he was talking to is a faker, who was pretending to be the real serial killer who Spider-Man actually caught. And that's when Eddie starts blaming Spider-Man. He loses his girlfriend. He loses he loses his job at the newspaper because Spider-Man caught the real Sin Eater. And Eddie like desperately is like he actually goes back to the church to kill himself. And the symbiote stops him and falls out of the the statue of Mary. Oh, Eddie's like so saying like, "Oh, like I'm I just always wanted someone to love me. There's no forgiveness. All of this." And the symbiote basically goes, "Oh, I'll love you." And like takes over Eddie in a really, like, gross, kind of, like, dark fashion, actually. It's really cool with yeah. the panels. Um, and the symbiote hates Spider-Man because at this point, the symbiote threw Spider-Man off of him. So you get this darker Eddie who now wants to kill Spider-Man because Spider-Man ruined his life. Even though Spider-Man didn't do anything, Eddie just ran with a fake story that he stole in the first place. Right, right, right. And uh, the coolest thing about this whole panel is – 
scared me. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Venom actually started looking like Spider-Man. Like, he had no mouth on the suit, just like the black suit did. Okay. And Eddie always had that creepy smile on his face. And he's looking in the mirror how he doesn't want to look like Spider-Man anymore. And as he does, the smile slowly turns into the Venom face we know where the teeth come out. And it's it's an awesome panel. Um and then you end up getting Eddie versus Venom, Ven- uh, or sorry, Eddie versus Spider-Man. He like takes Mary Jane and all of this stuff to try to get Spider-Man to come find him. And they finally, they end up fighting and Spider-Man actually wins with the Sonic Disruptor. Uh, and it just ends with Eddie sitting in the, like a containment field with Venom. Right. And that's where it ends, but it's a totally different version of Eddie. It's a very villainous version of Eddie. I like it. It's it's like a twist on the old original story that yeah. we all know. I mean, the Sin Eater uh, thing, that that was one of the original stories, but like the childhood stuff, that differs a, creep. a little bit. And his skeeziness almost reminds me of how Topher Grace's yes. Eddie Brock was portrayed. Yeah. You know what I mean? He lied to get that Daily Bugle job. Yep. And he knew he lied, whereas, you know, the whole Sin Eater angle, it was like a legit an accident yeah. as to how it happened. Eddie really thought he had the real story. So he, he kind of did, too. He got like he found like a letter and one of the guys like the guy just handed him transcripts to go through and he found the letter. But he like took all the credit for it and said, like, well, this is mine now. Like, right, right. Uh it makes the the morality thing like this is the story that Marvel is saying is the Eddie Brock story. The it makes one. you question the morality because like how much of his moral is him just lying and saying he's a good person when he's not, and it fits more in the with the current run of Eddie. Well, yes, the anti Venom Eddie, where he is a little more questionable. He's got some issues going on, and it's really it's really interesting. Uh, I I liked it though. It was not what I expected to be honest. I wasn't really sure what I was getting into with this. It's pretty sweet, you know. I mean, here when you read that almost. Almost changes your perception of the Eddie Brock character yeah. that we've all known. Which so. it again it makes you look like look at Venom more as a villain than an antihero. This is not the Eddie I'm expecting to see when we go see the movie. Like it's not at all what it, I'm expecting. It changes the motive of the antihero too. Where yeah. like is he an antihero just to look cool? It seems like a lot a lot of it was I want people to admire me. Yes, like me no one that. loves me like someone loved me. Right, then, right. and and that's kind of I mean. You get moments of that in these runs at like me and Matt right? <laughs> Yeah. Like this really expands on that. Well, there was definitely somewhere they were. This was all coming from. Um, but my like again, my favorite panel was the smile, like that creepy smile he would get whenever he was lying. Like <laughs> is what made the Venom's face, which was super cool. And the panel was just super well done. Um, so I have my ratings. All right, forget them. Let's hear artwork. It. Yes, the first one. Artwork's a ten. I actually really like. It was solid artwork. I mean, even just seeing, oh, looking over your shoulder, essentially, it yeah. looks really cool. It's the newer style, which is easy to like, but it's the create creativeness of the panels, like the the Venom symbiote coming out of the statue of Mary, and the way like it it took him over was very different. Like it was like almost like pulling him apart and like going in through his eyes rather than just going over top of his body. Yeah. Uh, and then just some of the little stuff with like the smile and, and fight like him sitting in a cot made out of the venom web, which was kind of cool. Um, the artwork was great. Number two is action, action, action. Um, I would give it like a, a, a five on the action. There wasn't a ton there was the fight at the end with Spider-Man. It was pretty short. It was just a handful of pages, and that was all the real action in here. Okay. But it was it was well done. 
Um, but it was it was a shorter fight. I was actually expecting a lot more. The fight was like barely anything in the story. Um, and Spider-Man still had his own black suit, which was kind of cool, but it wasn't the Venom suit. He did, um, in the original story, I don't know if you remember, he did have a, like, a actual, like, suit, That's right. suit, That's right. uh, that he kept that look for a while until Mary Jane asked him, yep. um, can you please put on those colors? I, the, the Venom suit scares the crap yeah. out of me. And this is why he actually, like, shows up and, like, basically, like, pretends to be the suit and then all of a sudden turns into full-size Venom and, like, chokes Mary Jane out. It's really crazy. That's insane. Uh, it's a cool panel. Again, he like comes like out of the closet and, and like as the suit, just like, and it's weird. <laughs> it's really creepy. It's a really creepy take on Venom. Um, story. I love the story. I'm going to give it a nine. Nine? Because okay. It was really cool. And again, like changed a lot of our perspectives, I think, on it. Um, dialogue. Dialogue was good. I'm going to give the dialogue a seven. Seven? Okay. I like the dialogue. Uh, it was it was simple, but it it got that that skeeziness of Eddie Brock across and um, told a story. There was a lot of dialogue, but I I think you really you had this weird thing where you hated him and felt for him all at the same time, which is really hard. Like he was definitely he's a sympathetic character. It definitely felt more slimy Eddie Brock. It didn't right. feel like again more toe for grace than what I think we're gonna be getting. Right. Uh, rereadability, on the other hand, I'm only gonna give this a six. Oh, okay. It's a really cool story. But, it's one of those origins that like, there's parts of it I guess I could reread it over and over again. Once he had the suit on, I could probably reread the, over the, that over a handful of times. But like everything leading up to it, was kinda like, okay, that was cool. Like I really liked it, let I me, mean, I got to know the character, but I got to know him so well that like, I don't know if I would need to be reintroduced to that part of him over and over again, but the action I would reread. Okay, very good. Um, gives the story of Venom Dark Origins a 37 out of 50 overall. That's uh, that sounds like a really cool story. Yeah, I'm gonna have to borrow that from you. You've got it. It's a, it was a five issue story, not too long. Five issues. Okay, very good. Um, all right, second half. All right, um, Chris, you are up, my friend. So, but via suggestion from you, Matt, which was really good, uh, it's a newer run. Um, they actually just released the last issue yesterday, so I picked that up immediately from Pulp 716. Thank uh, you. Venom, <laughs> Venom First Host. And this is really cool, and I talked earlier about the cosmic and and, yeah. and, and all that, and you, you've seen it, you know, with the story that you really like, like with all the symbiote planet and all yeah, that. Yeah, the new stuff. Um yeah. And all and all that. So, and this was really cool. This was a nice cosmic story, but also street level. It was really cool. Um, so to kind of just tell you what it was. So we ha- we have a- a Eddie Brock as Venom. Um, but actually, before we get to that, we kind of get a little backstory of Skrulls fighting Kree, and these Skrulls are going to basically kill these Kree refugees, and. Uh, a guy by by the name of Tarkel, I, I believe, yep, Tarkel it was. He's a Kree warrior. He bonds. He has the symbiote, and it's very cool. If you look, it's it look it's a Kree warrior just in that symbiote That's color. A really cool suit. But it's it's a really cool suit, and he's bonded with the symbiote. He is the first host, and this is Venom symbiote. Like this okay. is the Venom symbiote. So. You kind of see that, and he has to, he gives it up to kind of like save the refugees and all that. Um, refugees, they all get away. The symbiote's gone. 
and you you find out a little bit later too. He's kind of he, he's basically uh, the scrolls torture him and everything for years. Oh, should, I'm sorry. The Krees give him up to the scrolls uh, because Ronan the Accuser doesn't want him involved. Doesn't want him with That's their group, cool. and he gives him gives him up to the scrolls, and the scrolls torture and beat him until he escapes. While that is happening, uh, well, you know, while that is, and that's, you know, years before, but we, uh, just kind of get like, you know, Venom, uh, d- you know, beating up some street level criminals. Um, you see him and Liz Allen's dynamic in this is fantastic. She's, uh, letting him, so at, at this point in the story, v- Venom, the Venom symbiote has a baby. It's a child symbiote, and, and it's basically being nursed and tested on and everything. In, you know, uh, in Liz Allen's foundation. So, and there's this back and forth with they Brock and Liz because they, they don't agree with each other, uh, on some of the ways to raise this. I mean, and you can tell Liz Allen is kind of just frustrated that this is all happening. <laughs> like, she's kind of annoyed. <laughs> um, so while that's happening, uh, we, it, the first book is ended with v- Venom thinks, you know, he's fighting some street thug or whatever. And, and, and then, um, out comes um, a scrawl, and it's actually the War Bride, uh, Melanta. I always pronounce her name wrong, whatever. <laughs> but it's it, Melanta. Oh, Melanta. It's uh, I'll have it in the next issue. It's in there. So okay. Uh, but the, it's Scrawl War Bride, and then you know she's basically trying to kill the symbiote off of Venom, and then Tarkel comes out of nowhere, and he's like, "Stay away from my symbiote." So now Tarkel's on Earth. The Scrawl War Brides on Earth. Um, and the, uh, the next issue, very cool. You get some nice little fighting, uh, back and forth between the Kree and, and, and the Scrawl while Eddie Brock is like, he's spotted all over and everything like that. Uh, so they, they fight back and forth. And she basically like electrocutes Eddie Brock to try to get the symbiote off him. And she takes down Tarkel too, and she is just badass as they come. <laughs> um, but somehow, uh, Eddie, you know, Eddie Brock can get away because you know he just knows the scenery and all that. So Venom's back together, and you know, Venom is trying to help out Tarkel. They're talking, and he actually takes Tarkel to Liz Allen's foundation, you know, laboratory, and they're 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 um, testing on him and everything. At this point, Liz Allen is pissed because you bring a Cree warrior in my building on top of i'm raising your symbiote baby <laughs> like you like i said the, the dynamics great and then this is where we had the backstory and it was cool tarkel shows he's like listen i escaped from the scrolls and you know i saw he, there's a cool little cameo of space knight in this which was really cool he's just show, kind of showing he's like oh i saw the symbiote in space and 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 uh so then Tarkel basically says he needs the symbiote back. And Eddie Brock's like, well, if he wants to go with you, he will. And it seems like before he's going to make a decision, Liz Allen just comes and tries to attack Eddie Brock. Um, and it ends up being actually the scroll of War Bride and not Liz Allen thrown out of a window. But at this point, as he's distracted, this is where the swerve. We think Tarkel's this Kree warrior, this great guy, this and that. This, what he goes and does is 
he goes and takes the Venom symbiote baby and says, I will kill this child of yours, Eddie Brock and Venoms, unless you give me my symbiote back. So the Venom symbiote's like, no, don't kill my child. Eddie Brock agrees. They give the Venom, the Venom symbiote goes to Tarkel, which is pretty cool. Um, and, and that's like I said, it's, it, it's really cool. Like that was a big swerve. You thought this guy was this great Cree warrior, nice man. And he ends up being a piece of crap. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, you had a little thing where like Liz Allen goes to attack it. I'm sorry. So I jumped a little gun. This is where Liz <laughs> Allen goes to attack Eddie Brock. And it's, it, it, it's, it's a scrawl war bride. And while that is going on, she kind of tells the story of Talcar and her and Eddie Brock have a nice dynamic. They're kind of going back and forth and this and that. Uh, while this is going on, Talcar finds a ship. He goes into space and like I said, more back and forth between the war bride and, um, you know, and Eddie Brock. And there's a nice little dynamic here and you're actually confused because on this first book, on the, I mean, on this third book, it looks like they're kissing. They never, there's tension. <laughs> But they ne- they never have a love story, and I, and I was really interested to see uh, a little uh, Milan's and uh, <laughs> Eddie Brock action. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you dog, you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say. I, I'm sorry, but this I never thought scrolls were hot until uh, <laughs> until the way they presented her in this book. <laughs> It's a hot scroll. Hot scroll action. <laughs> Hashtag oh it. Oh my god. <laughs> Hashtag hot scroll. That's gonna be, yeah. Get, over, on the, Instagram get over the chin, you're good, bro. It's just like Gamora. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> green. Yeah, I like it. I dig it. You know, I'm, go- I'm cool with big ears. I'm good. <laughs> so, so, you just explained the green goblin, man. Just big chin and big ears and no, green. But she has <laughs> very feminine features. Okay. <laughs> um, so. Coolest thing about this though is the symbiote baby now knows that they have to go get Telcar and kind of awakens and attaches itself to Eddie Brock and becomes the new you talked about new symbiote named Sleeper. That's his name. I never. I didn't catch his name. The coolest part about this is his powers are confusion and putting people to sleep. That's cool. I didn't know his name. Yeah. Um. Just very very cool. So. You see, uh, there's a scroll ship. It looks like, um, Milan's is there, but it's actually Telcar using the Venom suit in camouflage, uh, you know, as a war bride and he's just killing scrolls left and right. And what he's trying to do is, is he's trying to release, and this is what Milan's tells him. There's a bioweapon on the scroll ship that if one released would kill anybody who's a scroll. And that's what, Telcar, he's basically trying to act, do an act of bioterrorism and release this biological weapon uh, that will kill um, every scroll in sight. So, because he thinks the war's still, and the war's over, and he still thinks the war's going on. Right, right. At that point, we see uh, Sleeper and Milans, they're on their way back. Uh, well, they're trying to get to the Cree, I mean, sorry, to the scroll ship, and then you see the biological weapon that Telcar has. Um, by the way, this is only five issues, and it's a fun read. It was read a quick read. Issues. It was yeah. nice. Um, just kind of sum up issue number four. Um, and this is where the action is really good. Uh, they, you know, once again, there's more back and forth between Sleeper and, and you know, Milan's, and, uh, and the biological weapon is killed all these scrolls, and she wants to go in there 
And Eddie Brock shows an act of compassion and locks her in the ship so she can't go into to be affected by the weapon all. And that's interesting because they were fighting each other and now they're teaming up with each other. And that's that caringness of Eddie Brock where just little things like that. I don't even think some heroes would have thought, okay, let's not have this scroll die. Yeah. Because um, in addition, she's still a scroll. But he saw the good in her. So now we have just an awesome, awesome back and forth fight between Sleeper and the Cree. I'm going to call it the Cree Venom. Uh, and, and, and just very cool, uh, back and forth fight. And, and this, this panel was so cool. Yeah, I did, uh, I did enjoy that one. Um, it almost looked octopus like it was very neat. So, uh, the Cree Venom Warrior, Telkar, he's hit with a sonic, uh, blast, uh, from Milan's, she has this cool like space suit on, um, but he spears her where th- there's a little bit of air, which means that biological weapon's gonna kill her because oh. it only kills. By the way, it only kills uh, scrolls, right? And the sleeper venom attaches itself to her body to save her from from dying, like kind of like you know, uh, um, fixes the wound or whatever. And then at this point. He gets the Venom symbiote off Telkar. So the Venom symbiote's off of him, and the Sleeper symbiote um, is on her. And we lead into the last story where Telkar thinks, oh, here we go. There's all these Kree ships coming. He goes, here, they're here to save us. And the commander of the Kree Empire is like, no, you are, uh, Telkar, you are a traitor. We want nothing to do with you. The war is over. You know, we won't tell the people of your heroic tales, but we won't tell them of your deceit as well. Right. And they basically plan to blow the ship up. Oh. Like, the, the, that's what they're doing. So at this point then, uh, Venom and Milan's gotta get out of there. They get out safe. Milan's goes on her way. Venom is in the Venom suit, but he had, he takes the sleeper symbiote. So now, and this was the funnest, like, the, all that cool action, but I love this inner, this, chemistry here between and it was only for like three pages between eddie brock and norman osborne was or not i'm sorry harry osborne was just absolutely fantastic because he's trying to get into the <laughs> into the, the building and 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 harry's like you know he goes i'm on the list and harry's like nope my wife took you off the list <laughs> she wants nothing to do with you it's the uh l Chem, uh chemax uh company okay and so they're like kind of talking shit to each other and then they were like well do you want to get a drink so they go and get a drink after they had this like back and forth uh like like literally saying some hateful things and they're having this nice back and forth at a bar and they're like yeah family's the worst and this and that and you know, um, it was just cool. It, it, I, it was just a nice little cameo from Mary Osborne, and it was just fun. It was, it was, it was. They talked about their like, you want to try to kill Spider Man? Well, so do you too. And <laughs> it, it, it was just really cool. So now Eddie Brock comes back from having a drink, and Telcar's back. All bo- he's 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 got like he's melt like face is melted this and that, and he's going to once again uh, threaten to kill not only the symbiote there, but the Venom symbiote as well, and he took a little bit of the biological weapon and made it where it would kill anybody Clintar. That's cool. So he goes to unleash it. Venom stops him. Um, they, they go outside. I mean, it's at this point, both symbiotes are off. So it's literally Telkar versus Eddie Brock. So it's a Kree warrior versus Eddie Brock and Eddie Brock um, looks like he almost has him. 
Uh, and then the sleeper symbiote attaches himself to Telkar and basically, like, takes over his body 100% and tells Eddie Brock, like, it's my time to go. It's time for me to be free. I can't be in a cage anymore. Um, you know, I will forever remember you as my father, but it's time for me to go. Right. And then Venom and the symbiote is like, we're all alone once again. So wow. now this sleeper symbiote is on Telkar, but Telkar has zero control of it. It's all it owns sleeper. Them. Dude, that's so he's basically what a cool ending. Yeah. As, as a vessel. Yeah. Um, very cool. Uh, I want to read more of this sleeper character now. Now, like whatever they, wherever they go with that. Yeah, I'm the, curious to see if this that crosses into the current because I'm guessing that was that's the end of that story. Like, the yeah, that, that that was it. It was a nice little run. Um, I think, like you said, I think they with the movie coming out, they wanted to release a lot of these nice little stories. Yeah, I think though this well, a lot of them like the Venom and all that cross over into the current run of, of Venom. So I'm and with the Clintar mentioned anything, I'm wondering if that's gonna Sleeper's gonna cross into what's currently going on with Venom. Because there's Probably. definitely going to be some symbiote war shaping up down the road. It looks oh, like. yeah. I mean, this was basically a weekend of uh, of craziness. So it's something that could have happened in a day. Yeah. You know, so it could obviously be tied into any current Venom story. It wasn't anything so off the wall. And I don't know what Venom what Venom story had where the symbiote baby was born. So yeah. it's like a continuation or whatever that That's is. That's a new one. I mean, I've seen the extracted ones, which we, we talked about with uh, separation anxiety, but not like a born one that they've actually been like kind of like nurturing, you know what I mean, to yeah, be ready no, to it, go. That was it, interesting. It was it was his child. You know, and, and that's one thing Harry, oh, the, and when they were in the bar, like, Harry's like, you know, was giving him fatherly advice and everything. Yeah. You know. Which is interesting because where Eddie Brock was before he got the Venom symbiote back, so it's kind of a cool – yeah, and I don't. I haven't heard of too many interactions between those two characters ever. It was no. so cool. Yeah, it was just, and it was so natural. It reminded me of the chemistry that that is in the Iron Fist TV show between Ward Meacham and Danny Rand. Yeah, okay. It almost had that feel to it, That's like cool. like Rich Prick and like guy kind of down on his luck, just trying to work hard, you know. But but like they have this somehow this bond. It was yeah. weird. It was like I said, it was three pages. And it made me want to like to know more about this Harry Osborne relationship with Eddie Brock. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, very good. So grading time, my friend. Um, it's that modern artwork, which yeah. you know I've been in love with lately. Um, very cool. Uh, space stuff's pretty cool. I give it a nine though. Nine, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean the sleeper symbiote, all that was pretty cool, but it didn't blow me away. Kind of like I liked the symbiotes and the separation exactly from '94. Right. So. Uh, I'll give it a nine. Um, action. I'm gonna go nine with that as well. Okay. There were some nice small fight, small fight, small fight, small fight, but not like one a big blow off, so big, big giant venom fight or one of the main event where it's a like constantly fighting. <laughs> uh, what we're talking about, but uh, I'll give it a nine just because I love the Kree scroll stuff. Right. And it was cool to have some of those fighting with the flashbacks. And I thought the Space Knight cameo flashback was really cool. Yeah. And the Ronan the Accuser cameo. Like, th- that stuff was really neat. Very good. Um, storytelling. Story. Ten. Ten. I mean, it's a father story. Yeah. It's a father-son relationship story. And it's also – and, and it's kind of – you don't know what you have till it's gone. And – and it tells the story of Eddie Brock trying to be a father and of a symbiote 
and it also tells the story of Telkar wanting to be reconnected with basically his child. Right, right. So it, it's a father-son story, and it's really good, really well done. Awesome. Uh, dialogue. Uh, dialogue was really good. It was easy to follow. It was – I didn't, like, miss much. I knew, like, even if you never really knew much about the Crazen Scrolls, it kind of, like, t- told a quick Give story. Give me a yeah, little that. backstory behind it. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll give it 10. Okay. Dialogue was great. Very good. And Rereadability, yep. uh, 10. Because it's five issues. It's really cool. And – and you want to like, you want to show people like, oh yeah, Venom like fought a Kree warrior. <laughs> like, yeah. And that Kree warrior Venom suit is really neat. It was pretty cool. I like the way it formed to him. Um, it almost looked like ro- the Rocketeer. Yeah. It, like, it was, it like, you know, it had that kind of feel <laughs> to it. It was really cool. Very good. So the overall story of First Host, which is, I think it's the most recent Venom story in publication. Uh, Chris has given it a, 48 out of 50. Stellar book. I'll tell you, I don't know what Marvel's doing right now, but the, they're, the current runs are really good. Like, I, of all the new comics I've read, the only one I didn't really like was Asgardians of the Galaxy. Like, yeah. I know I talked about this last week, but I don't know. I just, they're just brilliant. Just, the writing has been really brilliant, and I, and I think it kind of reads like a TV show, and I think that's why. Which is good. No, it, it was a good pace. Um, like I said, I read the first four, and... You know, I just learned about the, the the fifth one, and it's hard to get in. Some it's sometimes very hard to get into comic book stories nowadays, and it was easy, very easy to get into. Follow along. You didn't really was, need to know much. No, not at all. You're curious about the symbiote baby, but that's really it. Yeah, not a doubt. Okay, so I'm gonna move on to my next one. Um, this one is has quickly become a favorite of mine, and it's probably. Probably one of the most famous Venom stories of all time. And it is Venom Lethal Protector. Six-part series. It was, let's see, I want to say... Oh, I turned off my phone. Um, it was 1992, uh, February to... Actually, I can just look right here. Uh, February to... February to July. Um, all six issues. It was really fun, and it seems to be... The movie seems to be lightly based on this story, but the precursor to the story, um, this is pretty much Venom's debut in San Francisco. And the previous story that connects to this is Amazing Spider-Man 375, which uh, it's supposed to be the final confrontation between Spider-Man and Venom. And they fight at an old amusement park, and a Ferris wheel is about to fall on a love interest of Venom's. And... Spider-Man actually goes to save this former love interest who was an innocent, and after it, they make a truce. You know, you leave me alone, I leave you alone. And so Venom heads out west to San Francisco. Um, Starts off with him trying to get assimilated, trying to find a place to stay. Uh, Only beats up some gang members, and he's going to look at a hotel, and he's on the the police watch list. So he's about to get... uh, Cops come as he's trying to check into a hotel room. He uh, beats him up, tries to get him away. And then there's a a scene in Manhattan, uh, going back to New York City. And Peter Parker, oh my God, phone is blowing up. Uh, Peter Parker is at this job at the Daily Bugle. And there is a a scene um, where he sees that Venom is fighting police in San Francisco. So he goes, uh, you know, 
So Venom, Venom's not leaving people alone. He hasn't changed whatnot. I got to get out to San Francisco. He gets a flight and goes out there. Uh, then we catch Eddie Brock. He's in, he's in some kind of park in San Francisco beating up some gang members. And Spider-Man, uh, jumps in. He's there. He attacks Venom from behind. Um, you know, he was, he, Spider-Man's pissed. Uh, one of the lions here, you know, I should have known you, you'd go back to your old ways, Eddie. You know, all that, all that talk about both of us protecting innocence was bull. And, uh, Venom stops him, and he doesn't, like, strike back at all. He goes, you know, you shouldn't be here. We had an arrangement. We'll discuss your betrayal later. But those people that he's he's battling um, are not peace officers. So, And these, these peace officers start shooting at the both of them, and they both split up. Uh, Venom goes one way. Spider-Man goes the other. So Spider-Man decides to do some background look into Eddie's history. Which is why I found that Dark Origin story so um, really interesting. Um, but there's just a light touch of that. But Eddie finds this um, that underground place in San Francisco, and is getting attacked by these uh, things called diggers. And I don't know if you ever played Separation Anxiety for Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis at all. Have any of you guys done it? No. No. Oh man. Uh, Separation Anxiety wasn't as good um, as Maximum Carnage, but it was still pretty cool. But there's these giant robot things with, like, drill arms, and uh, they're they're attacking the city, this underground city. They're, they're trying to find them as part of uh, some corporation that I forgot the name of it, but it gets discussed. I think it's part of the jury is what it's called. Um, but, yeah, Venom's down, Venom's down there. He's He's getting the shit kicked out of him. He beats one up, um, and yeah, he beats one up, and that's pretty much closes the first episode. The second one is there's another one, and it's holding him in the middle of the town square, and all these people are freaked out because they're not used to the outside world. They've known the underground San Francisco all their life, and there's these monster, these giant robot things trying to invade them. And one of their militia guys gets killed, so Venom just loses it and tears up the other one, and Eddie Brock's still looking. He's still looking for a place to stay, pretty much. He needs a home in San Francisco, and he wants to be there. Uh, so he has to go to a trial. They say he can't, but he's still he's still trying. He's still trying to make a home there. So his object is to go after this guy. I think his name is Roland Treese. Yes, that's what it is. Um, so he ends up going after him. Uh so, oh, here we go. Peter Parker goes to uh, Eddie Brock's father's house, Carl Brock, to try and get some answers. Um, gets shut down immediately. There's a scene here where Venom is fighting at this Roland Treese's uh, place, and it keeps flashing back to, Sp- to Peter Parker, who's now dressed up in the Spider-Man suit, jumping into Carl uh, Brock's place. Um, yeah, a lot of little back and forth scenes with the two. It's pretty cool. Um, uh, but I won't do too much. Oh, here we go. Um, he's in, Eddie Brock is broken into an office trying to figure out their plans for this underground, um, city and he gets attacked by, uh, he finally meets him as the jury and Roland Reese, it's this guy whose son was killed. He was, his son was one of the security officers at, uh, is it the vault? No, um, 
Ravencroft. That's uh right, that's the big one. That's yeah, not Arkham, it's uh Arkham's DC. Yeah. A Ravencroft Institute. Yeah. And um Yeah, so he's battling, battling him and gets really good. He, Eddie can't hide now because the Life Foundation is just constantly, constantly after him. He goes to just relax on the Golden Gate Bridge. There's a really cool scene there and he gets attacked by more of these Life Foundation guys and let's see. Yeah, another fight, and then they give a whole background of Eddie Brock's story. His mom dies young, and his dad doesn't know how to give out affection. So he's kind of like a a loner as a child. And then the whole Sin Eater story um, makes Carl Brock completely disown Eddie. Like, they don't wow. talk anymore at all. So it adds a whole um, extra layer to it. Um Eddie, Eddie's casually walking around. He's not in the Venom symbiote suit anymore, but he's casually walking around. Everyone knows who he is. He gets attacked by the Life Foundation again, and then they say, hey, we want you on our side. You know, we, we don't want to fight with you. We want to fight. You know, we, we just want you on our side, essentially. And they bring him in, and it was a trap. Um, they set flames to the symbiote, and they have him, um, they have him trapped, and almost separated. They start to separate the symbiote from the suit. Um, they extract the uh, the five symbiotes mentioned in separation anxiety. All of them. Uh, Venom gets out and they show a scene where here where uh, Scream is bumps into Spider-Man. They have a battle at a, it seems like a train station or something like that. Uh, it was a fight, but he could tell that it was an inexperienced and younger symbiote. Um, but yeah, Venom tries to escape again. I know it's kind of all over. They, they really switched between Spider-Man and Venom back and forth. Uh, Venom tries to escape again, and Spider-Man eventually finds this facility, this life foundation, um, who's got Brock kid- kidnapped. And as soon as he goes in to save Eddie Brock... The five symbiotes emerge. They show them, like, this is like their first appearance ever, like, all together, and it's actually really cool. Um, moving on to number five, Spider-Man's abandoned the Life Foundation by himself, fighting the symbiotes by himself, and, let's see, keeps going. He's, he's holding his own, but barely. Um, Eddie Brock comes too. He doesn't have the symbiote on him. They're starting to get wrecked, and then they find they they find where the Venom symbiote is in the facility because he was completely separated. Pushes a button, you know, no longer for once again and forever we are Venom. And it, it's kind of funny because Spider-Man's has these thoughts in his head like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm really helping Eddie Brock, <laughs> but get the Venom symbiote again. Like it doesn't make any sense. Um, but they come up with a plan. They defeat the symbiotes where they actually turn to dust. Um, which was pretty interesting. I don't know how they kept coming back. But he has a... He's going after this Roland Treese again. Like, this is not Life Foundation anymore. Um, this Roland Treese, the jury, so to speak. And he's going after him. And not too long after, Spider-Man hears more. He comes in and attacks him again. And Venom does not re- retaliate at all. And it was actually a really, like, cool scene. It was weird seeing Eddie so so desperate. 
Um, I'll read some of the, li- you know, the lines. You know, Spider-Man's attacked him. You know, I, sh- I knew I should have never let you go. You're insane, bloodthirsty. There's no way you should be free to... And then Venom stops him. He goes, we don't have time for this. If Trees completes his plan, an entire society of innocent people will die. On their own, they won't stand a chance. You've got to help us, Spider-Man. Spider-Man goes, help you. And Venom goes, please. Which I've... Like, it's weird. You don't hear him begging for stuff like that, and especially him, who's had it out for Spider-Man. But he's like, okay, I, I really need your help on this. Um, but they do. They they go and they battle all these, these uh, you know, these digger, the entire Life Foundation. It's a really cool, you know, story ending. The, it pretty much goes, they go the separate way. Peter Parker leaves him alone. Um, they beat on the Life Foundation, and that underground civilization in San Francisco was free. So good, so good, and it really it was it was cool because what their goal with it was to get people f- from seeing Venom and Eddie Brock as a straight up villain to an anti hero. Like, I mean, this is the first time that Spider Man and Venom teamed up for anything. That's cool. Is that the first Venom solo run? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, yeah, this is before Funeral Pyre. This is like this is yeah. As soon as he moved to San Francisco, all this fun stuff happened. Cool. Um, so a lot of iconic moments in here, and yeah, I'm gonna go right in the grading. I know it's a little bit long, but excuse that's me, okay. that's okay. It's it's Venom Week, baby. Um, so artwork, I'm going to give a ten. Action, so much action, so much. Honestly, I'm gonna give it tens all the way through. It's gonna get a perfect score for me. Ooh, um, easily fifty. It is. It is. Even though it's just an entire story, um, it was. A lot easier. Everything. It was so good. Um, loved everything about it. And if you've never read it, I just picked it up in April when I seen the first Venom trailer or the first appearance, the first like Venom sneak peek for the movie. Yeah. And I was like, I gotta have that book. I gotta have that book. And I did. Um, so Greg, your turn, my friend. So, um, I went a little overboard and I read, I read. I read 17 issues of Ooh. Agent Venom. Ooh, very nice. <laughs> uh, not one singular storyline, just a lot of the Flash Toms around. And I'm bummed because I didn't finish it. But to be honest, and before I get into it, and it'll go into my grading a little bit, but I did not like the first four issues. No? And I was frustrated, so I just kept reading. <laughs> that never happens with me. <laughs> I was like, man... I know he's cooler than this because I've seen more Agent Venom stuff down the road. Like, this is a really lame character right now. What the heck? This is like a really, like a, like a acclaimed Venom run. What's going on? And I just read and read and then I hit, you know, issue 14. It was like, oh, this is, this is like, I, where, what happened? It picked up, it picks up right at issue five. So I actually bought the, um, Venom collection, Agent Venom one through five. This ends at five. So, I have this Comixology app, if you've ever heard of it. If you have Amazon Prime, you get Amazon or Comixology Unlimited, and you can read a lot of stuff for free, and it still at least helps the comic book companies out. Still go pick up the physical copies, but it's cool if you want to have something to read on your phone. Um, and that's what I did. So I read 17 issues. Uh, <laughs> so what you're saying, if something's not good, just to keep going. Keep going. So Matt needs to read the whole X-23 series and have a report yeah. for next week. Okay, yeah. cool. I just want to make sure. Leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> this, so this is a cool story. So it, you know who Flash Thompson is. If you're a Spider-Man fan, if you're not, Flash Thompson was a bully. 
um, picked on Peter Parker when he was a kid, shoved him in a locker, kind of a jerk. Uh, your typical football, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Jock. Archetype well, yeah. jock, yeah. Um, and then he actually becomes, like, Spider-Man's biggest fan, goes into the military, and loses both of his legs. And that's kind of where we pick up is he's lost both of his legs, and they decide to um, general – General Dodge, General Dodge, I believe, I could be wrong, um, is a military uh, superior who is part of this program who actually took the symbiote off Matt Garrigan and now are trying, we're trying to militarize it and use it for their own. So they call up the president of the Spider-Man fan club, aka Flash Thompson, as they <laughs> refer to him. Dodge himself is actually blind um, from the military, so he wanted to help out another disabled vet and actually picks Thompson to be agent venom. So it's this new venom suit that looks more like a military outfit. It's got like shoulder spiked shoulder pads, but he uses guns. It is a really cool look. I'm a big fan of it. So it starts out, uh, in Rovekistan, Eastern Europe, where you've got these people, um, these soldiers actually have the Iron Man suits and they show up to protect. They're actually soldiers for the UN. Stark has been training this force. Um, they show up to protect these people, but these people are getting killed by soldiers wielding a version of Antarctica, Antarctica vibranium that actually can shred through almost anything. Um, and as they're being killed, like the soldier looks back to see if the family he was trying to save gets away, and you get introduced to Venom's first Agent Venom's first rogue, Jack O'Lantern, who actually uh, is. You know, typical Spider-Man. He he wears a pumpkin on his head, flaming pumpkin, very Green Goblin or Hobgoblin. Yeah. And rides a broom. But his thing is he cuts people's heads open and takes their brain and then puts a candle inside. Oh. Really creepy. And there's the two people sitting there with that. Um, So you – out of this, basically, Agent Venom gets dropped in and he starts his feud with Jack-O-Lantern. And you get him really set up as as Agent Venom's first um, rogue. It took me a second. The dialogue is a lot um, – is very the, – the little boxes, his inner thoughts is very military, like quick statements. Like um, – uh, well, later, like it's very like, all right, get the gun, move forward, do this, like constantly in his head. Um, but you right away get him fighting. He saves his family. This is kind of important. That's the only reason I'm going through this. Grabs a grenade and plugs it with no pin. Yeah. Saves it for later. Uh, ends up fighting Jack Lantern and actually sticking the live grenade in Jack Lantern's pumpkin and blowing off the front of his face and leaving Damn. Jack Lantern that way. So, um, the doctor who uses the, who actually made the Antarctic vibranium, Jack Lantern's trying to get him. Venom's also trying to get him. Jack Lantern gets away and Venom shoots the doctor as Jack Lantern's pulling away so they don't get that information. It sets up this little story, um, Mainly between him and Jack Lantern, you get a fight, and you also get the idea that so Flash has can only wear the suit for forty eight hours, and he actually has a bomb implanted in his head. If he loses control, they'll blow up the symbiote. Oh, and blow up him. Um, so you get these cool little panels of him starting to lose control and Venom starting to like hulk out a little bit and get bigger, or like starting to like almost like it looks like he's dripping off of him when you look at the panels. That, that's really cool because when I read that Venom story, it was the same thing. They put the triggers in the yep. guy's yes. brain, but the symbiotes tore him out. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> that happened. Yeah, so it's a similar thing, but um, 
yeah, so you, you get that, and then it cuts to the next story. You, so the thing with Flash is he's a former alcoholic. He is dating, oh my gosh, Betty Brant? Yes. Uh, he's a former alcoholic, all of this. My beef was you don't get any, like, there's no, what's the word I'm looking for? Consequences to that. His PTSD from losing his legs, his alcoholism, it doesn't play into the reasons he wears the suit. Um, he's just wearing it. It doesn't in play into why he's getting angry. He's just getting angry yeah. in the first couple. Uh, there is some cool little things where he's a big Spider-Man fan. And you can tell. I wish I could find a dialogue real quick where he like tries to make like a, a quick one witty one-liner and he just falls flat. <laughs> he gets better at it as he goes on, um, but like he just falls flat doing it. Or he goes. If I was the other web slinger, I would say something catchy like this, but <laughs> he like can't. So then he ends up fighting Craven, and again, it's more setting up the Antarctica vibranium thing. Um, but his feud with Jack Lantern and the Crime Master, who's like almost Venom, Agent Venom's kingpin. Right. Um, all of this goes. He fights Craven. It's a really cool little fight. Like Craven's trying to hunt him so that the symbiote will kill him because it's the only worthy hunt. Uh, and you get him again the first time, like being alone with the symbiote and really losing control and being without it for 40 or being with it for more than 48 hours. And he has to constantly be shoving sedatives in it to like stay calm. And you get the, this relationship between him and Betty Brant and Peter Parker, who's actually one of his best friends now. Oh, yeah. Um, she's like worried about him thinking he's off be either drinking or he's lying about this VA thing. Um, and that's really where, what you get with that. What happens in all of that? The first five issues basically is you see Jack Lantern shows back up with like his whole front of his face missing and like no teeth and he's really ugly now and he um they actually see Flash without the suit and now they have blackmail and they start using Flash as like their own little tool and it sets up for this like they're they use Flash and threaten to kill Betty if they if if he doesn't help them first they steal Flash and actually Flash ends up as it, as he totally venoms out and looks like normal venom and fights Spider-Man because Spider-Man thinks he's the one who stole Betty. Right, right. And ends up like telling him like, no, like save her. He doesn't, he, and Spider-Man thinks it's all some twisted plot and he ends up saving her, but doesn't trust venom still. Um, it goes on into right. This story ends. And this is the reason I kept reading this story ends and flash starts breaking down about his drunk father and how his father used to beat him and like the reason he joined the military, the reason he was a soldier, the reason he slept around. And now the reason he wears the venom suit is he's trying to impress this man. He never could impress. His father was always a drunk and beat him and called him sunny boy. And it was never like loving or anything. It was always very like mean and malicious. Right. And you get this thing where like he, he agrees to his mother. Fine. I'll go find my, I'll go find, go find my father. Like, I told him I would never talk to him again, especially if he started drinking, but fine. For you, I will. And his father's at the police station where he wor- used to work and actually attacks uh, Flash. And Flash puts him down while he's in a wheelchair. And, like, all of a sudden the father's in the hospital and he actually has psoriasis. And that's the reason he started drinking. So he's dying. And now Flash is dealing with this stuff. And the comic ended. So I kept reading. Uh, and you get – now you get Flash having to work with Jack Lantern. And there's this really cool, like – weird road trip thing they do together where like they're going together to get the symbiote suit. Right. This, there's this thing, this other symbiote suit they have to go find and they, they're driving together and like Jack Lantern tells him his story about how he used to like 
take animals and kill them like a typical serial killer. And then the crime master found him and crime master taught him to put bombs in the animals and send them back to their owners and blow up the owners. And like, so fucked up. he like, <laughs> he, his parents were the first people he killed and like put a new candle in the brain. And the crime master was his daddy now. And, uh, you get this and like, they end up at this place and finding where the symbiote, what's going on with this. It's this other symbiote suit. They try to get him to steal. And, uh, it's actually, there because of Blackheart and Blackheart was using the symbiote suit for himself and cloning it along with X-23 to make symbiote vibranium mutant guards because he's bringing hell to earth. No, that's just crazy. All the stories. Like yeah. Yeah. And, and I even skipped some stuff with like that. You get spider planet and captain America as well as like one of tur- got turned, but uh, it really, that's where it really picks up is the crime master stuff. Uh, and you get this really cool story where it's X-23 uh, Alejandra, I can't think of her last name. She's the female ghostwriter currently. And Johnny Blaze as well. The Hulk, the Red Hulk, uh, Thunderbolt Ross rather. And I think that was everybody. The, the Circle of Four plus Johnny Blaze is there, um, are fighting in hell trying to fight Blackheart. Hell's been brought to Earth and they're trying to stop him. Doctor Strange and Damon Hellfire are outside, but that's the real story there. And it, it ends up playing into more. They end up actually having to make a deal with Mephisto. To take to come back to life after they're all killed and take down Blackheart, um, they fight like per, like the opposites of themselves. The antithesis. Literally, Eddie Brock fights a evangelist, not Eddie Brock. Flash Thompson fights an evangelist that shows him all of the problems with his own life, and like shows him he was a dad. He's or he wanted his dad to love him, and no one ever will. And he's this macho jock and blah blah blah. And you really see for the first time Flash go. Like alcohol, I'm addicted to the Venom suit now, and right. I need it. Ooh. I need that high. I need the suit. I, I'm I'm not serving some higher power like I thought. I need it. Right. And it's cool. Uh and he keeps and it, it goes and then um eventually it leads to the storyline now you get a little bit of oh, you get a little bit I have to talk about Spider Island because you get to see Flash Thompson versus Eddie Brock as anti Venom and Eddie Brock is now this crazy like televangelist Westboro Baptist church anti-venom who's like healing people because he's the hand of god and like he's taking <laughs> oh, wow. away the spider curse from people because people are actually all being turned into spider-men and then turned into a six-legged spiders and he actually the anti-venom suits letting him pull that out of them Ooh. so you get that first interaction he actually beats down eddie brock takes the anti-venom suit and uses it to cure everybody so now there's two storylines going uh and this is kind of where i left off eddie brock is hunting all of the symbiotes and killing them. So first you see him take down uh, Toxin, and then he kills Scream. Oh. Or not Toxin, Hybrid. My hybrid, bad. okay. He kills Hybrid. At the same time, he's hunting Venom, and Venom, Agent Venom, just finds the Savage Six, which Crime Master, Jack-O-Lantern, uh, Death Adder, Magatac, and Human Fly have now formed this new group, and uh, because of the circle of four story stop in Blackheart, he, Venom's actually an Avenger and is lying to the Avengers saying he's not addicted and they're thinking he's okay and they're helping him use the suit and he's lying to all of them. While all this is happening, the Savage Six forms and the sixth person is the Eddie, Eddie Brock who tries to stop Venom from killing Crime Master and just kill Venom himself and Crime Master takes Eddie Brock and sticks Toxin on him. That's oh. where I stopped. I really want to keep reading. It's wow. super good. Um, but yeah, so this story. Art, I'm going to give the art. I, there's a lot. I'm sorry. I missed a lot of stuff. There's a lot going on. <laughs> um, art, 
is a nine. nine. I really like some of the panels. Like you definitely see the time as it goes from 2011 to 2013. It changes a lot. Just in like the first four issues, there's a big jump in quality between the issue like one and five. Right. And it's it's good though. I, I definitely give it a nine. Okay. Uh, action. There's so much action in this story. There's so much action in this story. I'm gonna give it another nine. Okay. Dialogue. Story, story. Story, story. Oh, story's so good. The story's so good, and it takes a while to get into it. But once it gets into it, I'm going to give it an eight because it did take a minute. Okay. But once it gets into it, it's just really getting to know Flash makes – I really relate to a lot of stuff with Flash um, without getting into it. I just really like his character. I can really relate to his motivations and understand where he's coming from. And he is a, such an awesome character. I really – I was like – well, Eddie Brock is Venom. I really enjoy Agent Venom. I really enjoy Flash Thompson. And he feels more like a superhero, but that flawed superhero. Like, you still, less anti-hero. It's still there, but he's definitely more, he's still got that killing. Like, he lets Venom take over at one point and just bites the head off of a guy. And that's when he really, he starts drinking again and realizes he's losing it. Right, I right. knew I missed a ton of stuff. There's a lot. I read 17 issues. You can't expect me to remember it all. No, not at all. Uh, in two days. So <laughs> no, you did good. You really powered through it. Um, he yeah. So he's really losing it, but you get to see this struggle, and I really enjoyed that struggle. It's similar to like the some of the Wolverine comics, and as well, and like uh, a little bit later, like that morality daredevil struggle that he also has. Like, is it all right to be killing? Like, is it the suit that's making me do it, or is it me that wants to kill? And I really like that. He kind of similar to Eddie Brock, uh, but it, the, it, like the first guy that does it actually runs over like a, a mom and her son, and that's when he first bites off the first head. Okay. Like, um, dialogue now. Dialogue. Yeah. Dialogue. I'm gonna give it a, a seven. Seven. Okay. So there's some really great dialogue, but his catchphrase is Flash Thompson, Hail Mary, and he says it a lot, and I can't get over it. It bothers me a little bit. Um, but his dialogue is done really well throughout his like trying to make witty one-liners and he can't do it but then like he starts singing a lot later like at one point he's singing um he's like oh sorry i just have lionel richie stuck in my head and then he like this is where his one-liners start to get good someone's like looking for him and he just pops up and he's like hello is it me you're looking for <laughs> and then they're fighting again later and they're like hey like this guy can read your mind like clear your thoughts and and try to like focus on something else. He's like, fine, cute, like catchy REO Speedwagon song. Oh, he starts singing, it. can't fight this feeling anymore in his head while he's fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Super great. Like that's when he starts to catch his own per- his he's, own personality. He's built as and like I've seen him in the newer cartoons, and he's built as a funny. Like, yeah, Richard Venom's kind of a funny character. His he's in quite a few episodes of the uh, the Hulk uh, series, yeah. and that's really good. He's got this cool, and then in the comics. They're, they obviously in the cartoons they can't do it. He's got this cool double side where he's clearly dealing with a lot of stuff, but on the outside he's really funny and witty. But when you go inside his head, he's like wants to die and like drunk and like not okay at all. He's right. not all right, and it's it, but it's done so well. He's really good at like faking it. Uh, and then so, but yeah, the dialogue was was a seven. I I could give it more, but again, there was just some stuff. I the some of the talking in the beginning was really bad. Like the first couple issues, I just wasn't a fan of. But it got better. Like Jack Lantern's English was kind of weird, and yeah. And then rereadability, 
look, if I read 17 issues of this <laughs> in like a couple of days, I'm still, I'm trying to finish it. I'm, I'm going to read all 22 and then find more Agent Venom stories. Cause I think I'm just a big fan of Flash Thompson. Okay. Uh, he's probably my favorite, one of my favorite heroes right now. Thanks to this little, this little thing just humans. That is a hero. Like I really like his, his human alias a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give the rereadability a 10. I really liked this story and I can see why a lot of people like it. It's not a traditional Venom story, but it is awesome. Uh, it feels like Venom, but not at the same time. And you do get those cool little times when he hulks out and becomes full size Venom, but then cuts back. My favorite panels are when he's full size Venom, but still holding the guns and firing off. He looks so cool. Um, but it, it was great, and like I'm excited to see where the Savage Six goes, and and I know there's some great stuff with the Guardians of the Galaxy with Agent Venom, and that's what made me want to read this. Right. Um, but Circle of Four was awesome. You get to see a, you get to see the Red Hulk wielding the Spirit of Vengeance of the Ghost Rider while wearing a Venom symbiote. That's so cool. Yeah, that's pretty. Sick. It's <laughs> sick, and he's fighting Blackheart and like beating the crowd up. And the only thing he does is like tries to pen and stare him, and Blackheart actually gets stronger when you pen and stare him. But it was it was super well done. I I really this was a a really fun series to read. Especially again, like I don't I get tired reading a couple of issues like a volume. Sometimes I don't. It's not often. It's really got to catch you. Through. Yeah. This was crazy that I like powered through. But it is it's so well again. It's it's got the human aspect of it. Like you were saying, the father story. This has got such a human aspect. Like a like I feel like it's very relatable to a lot of people, but also had so much good action. Right. Now, that's awesome. So, yeah, overall score 43 out of 50 for Agent Venom. Um, cue it. Cue the, cue the sound effect. And now it's time for your main event. You can tell you're ringing out this somewhere. Um, awesome, guys. We're on to our last book. I'm going to try and power through as best as you can to keep this episode under two hours. Um, we've been calling it a good, good, good while, but it's a good, it's a good episode to do it. Um, we're going special. It is the special. We're going to talk about Maximum Carnage, and that's kind of our group read. Usually, we do a um, fan choice, and this is kind of our group read. Um, but I'll power through it as best as we can. Um, it actually was a let's see, it, it was a 14 issue crossover in 1993, and I actually have which is issues? 93. Wow. 19. Uh, yeah, nineteen eighty. Lots of action in this one. There's no way this does not get ten on action. I'm oh, just, I know. I'm calling it now. I know. Uh, for, it went ran from May to August of 1993 over. Let's see, um, over multiple uh, different comics. Uh, Spider-Man Unlimited one and two. One was the first one. Two was the second one. Um, let's see. Booked. There was a couple Web of Spider-Man issues. Amazing Spider-Man and. Uh, a gen- just a plain Spider-Man, excuse me, issue and a spectacular Spider-Man issue. And it was really cool how it was a bunch of different styles of artwork. Cause you can tell if you're looking through oh, this, yeah. the artwork's different. And all these different Spider-Man books came together and pushed this 14 issue story out in three months. It's unbelievable. It's when you look at it, you definitely see like, there's some people still stuck in like the early eighties or late eighties yeah. and like, Oh, this guy's like starting to crust on that brand new, like 
like late nineties. Like he's already the unlimited books looked amazing um, in this, especially the last issue. uh, Just looking through the artwork, I was like, wow, this is really like this book could almost be like the history of comic books. Essentially, (laughs) it is. I think it's one of the biggest uh, multi-issue stories of all time. I really do, and it told so many stories. It wasn't just a Venom story. It wasn't just a Karn story. No, there's a lot of heroes in that. I mean, it's a really good Spider-Man story. All right, let's plow through it. All right, so it starts off. Carnage is in uh, in Ravencroft. Um, He breaks out um, right away. Um, Jumps into a scene at Harry Osborn's funeral um, service, and there's at the same time Carnage is busting out of Ravencroft, and he meets Shriek, who's uh, kind of his Harley Quinn to his Joker, so to speak. Um, a lot of issues with with Mary Jane and Peter Parker at the moment because Mary Jane's she's distressed. Obviously, her husband goes out, fights all these villains, and and gets really nervous um, about he whether he comes home. At you know, two weeks, I'm not going to be Spider Man. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it lasted not even a day. Um, within a couple pages, Spy- or Carnage and Shriek recruit Spider Man's doppelganger, the six armed doppelganger, and adopt him as a pet. Um, Peter Parker, this is how he gets really into the fold. He's getting Chinese food for him and Mary Jane, and he hears a news report about Cassidy breaking out. So that two weeks is in and out. Um, he goes out, and he goes out looking for him, and is attacked by Doppelganger and Shriek. He fights back, gets knocked down onto the street um, by Shriek, and the first issue closes with Carnage in J. Jonah Jameson's office. He needs, his plan is to lure Venom back to New York City. Uh, yep, uh, here we go. Spider-Man's about to get attacked by some thugs, and Cloak and Dagger come in for the rescue, bring him back to their church, and Doppelganger and Streak follow them to the church, attack them, and Carnage follows not too long after. Beats, uh, and this is actually the part, the infamous part where, uh, Shriek, or excuse me, Dagger dies. She's gone for a short period of time. Um, part three of 14, Venom sees that Carnage is back in New York and he's in San Francisco. He gets, he gets the first flight he can to New York City, uh, turns into Venom right in the middle of the airport, chases after him, follows, or he finds Carnage and his little band in Central Park. Uh, and he gets his ass kicked. He gets he gets beat on pretty good. Um, and actually, the book ends with Venom showing up to Peter Parker's apartment doorstep. Uh, and actually, Mary Jane answers the door and freaks out because Venom's in his suit's just in tatters. He, he got just destroyed. Um, Mary Jane leaves. She's frustrated. Uh, goes to find Black Cat. Peter goes to find Black Cat and. Everyone's Demo Goblin actually ends up joining Carnage at this point. Um, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. The, the, this yeah. team is, is just, just sadistic. And they added one more. I carry, think. carry on. Yeah. I just I can't get over the fact that Shriek just looks like Paul Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was inspired because she was a huge like metal like rock yeah. music. Fan. Is she? Is Domino introduced in the comics at this point? I don't know because they look similar. That's yeah. a very Domino. It's like field. Domino, Paul Stanley, and like. Gem. <laughs> so, wow. I won't break down everything because there were a lot of fighting in here. Uh, I'm just going to kind of mention, you know, as everyone comes into the fold pretty much. Um, there's a lot of 
stuff with Peter and his parents have just come back and, and whatnot. Oh, this is where, uh, Carrion joins the Carnage's squad. Spider-Man uh, teams is, Spider-Man's team is really cool and unique. It's really good. I love it's the a hodgepodge. dagger part. And then when Dagger dies, or at least you think she's dead. And, and I, they get Mar- Morbius, which is just. Yeah, he's actually coming up next. Um, yeah. Which draws a little split because Venom likes him. Venom likes Morbius yeah. and his attitude towards everything. And um, Spider-Man, him and they don't like each other. But they, there's this big fight scene in the deep, and it was probably one of my favorite levels in the old Maximum Carnage video game with all the lights and stuff, and all the villains come in. And it's just a huge battle. It's a brand new nightclub. Mary Jane happens to be there as well. And there's a fun little scene where Venom, Venom goes, actually protects Mary Jane. I think he licks her face or something <laughs> like that. Like it's, it's, it's just, it's great. But, Car- yeah, Carnage's crew arrives. They, they bust out of a limo. And they bust out of a limo and go and attack everybody. And they all meet up. It's this huge, huge fight. I think so good. People who like don't necessarily read the comics forget like, Cletus Cassidy is almost like the Joker of the Spider-Man world. Oh, yeah. He's super goofy. There like, is not a single good quality about him, though, no. that person. No, but he's, like, more of, like, a, a weird, like, I think, like, you see Carnage, and if you don't know much, you're like, oh, that guy's just some, like, like B.A., big, t-. no, like, he's this weird, creepy serial killer, and he's so, like, like Buffalo Bill, like, something. There's a know? lot of domestic abuse in this. He oh, beats yeah. Shriek, and oh, yeah. basically oh, yeah. makes her submissive, and... He gets mad when she goes out and kills somebody without him, and he's messed up. I had a natural born filler, killers, which is why movie. yeah, awesome that that's a rumor. Woody Mayer, may, maybe Carnage. Reading this though, and I'll tell you what, reading this kind of disappointed me. One thing that DC does much better than Marvel is they make the issue run of comics into very good animated series or animated movies. Yes, DC's amazing at that. Marvel doesn't do that. No, never. That would read as a amazing cartoon adult Movie. animated. Yeah, because they like, do like the Flashpoint. Yeah. Film for DC for the animated is adult. Yeah, it's completely and it's adult. really well done though. But yeah. no, Marvel likes to do the TV shows and then the the MC, the big. Cinematic universe. They don't. And do all a the lot comics, the You're cartoons have are the very Spider-Man movie now that's coming out. But that's about it. I mean, that's going to tell the Miles Morales stories, which yeah. is kind of cool. But. That might show some success, and they might do more stuff like but that. But I like bring this to life in a cartoon. Yeah, it's so like good. like the Killing Joke and stuff. Like, come on. Yeah, I know it would be huge. It would be huge. It would make be a huge. Who um, knows if it'll happen though? Property. They yeah. don't. They don't want to like double dip. They want to tell these stories on the big screen. Yeah. I don't know if that story ever gets told on the big screen. Though. Something it's of it. Too many characters. Something of it though. Some element of it. Um. Let's see here. Um, Sorry, no, you're good. I don't mind. I'm going to kind of power right through it. Deathlock uh, joins the fray. Firestar joins. They actually break into the Fantastic Four's lab and steal his sonic gun. And <laughs> Iron Fist, Captain America. Yeah, they it's, all join. It's, it's, a, it's a hodgepodge. It, so good. At the end, there's a point where Carnage actually captures Venom, and he loses his mind because Venom breaks out. And he captures him in the Statue of Liberty. Statue of Liberty. Cool effect. Yeah. Yeah, it was really awesome scene. Um, he goes, bang, bang, Eddie, you're dead? Wait, wait, what's going on? What's going on, you pitiful fool? Venom is free. And he blasts him. He, take, he leaves the Statue of Liberty, goes to recoup, and Carnage is just losing his mind. But pretty much here comes the, the second to last. It's a, it's a pretty big fight. Um, Dagger comes back, and they just whomp on him, and they, they think... They think they got the crew. You know, 
they got him down pretty good. There's, it looks like Carnage is dead, and Spider-Man's over there reflecting in, in, a, in Central Park. He's looking at a pond, and he sees Venom over his shoulder, who's all healed now. And Venom wants to fight him because he's like, no, Carnage was mine. And then um, Carnage comes out of that pond of water that Spider-Man was at. And the last issue, which was Spider-Man Unlimited 2, just a huge fight with Venom and Carnage going back and forth. Uh, Spider-Man eventually jumps back into the fray and tries to help. Um, tries to, he doesn't want Venom to kill Cletus Cassidy. Um, you know, he still has that moral high ground. But um, Venom just whomps him. He actually ends up tackling Carnage into, looks like electric generators or something. And they blow up, and it's really cool. Like Black Cat makes a little appearance in there to make the save. And at the end, the Avengers come and take uh, Carnage away. And the last scene is Spider-Man walking in between uh, Norman Osborn and Harry Osborn's uh, headstones. It says, believe it or not, some monsters stay dead and buried forever, and their ghosts can't haunt you unless you let, let them. Um yeah, I power through that really quick. Um, really great book. Um, great story. I'm sure a lot of people play the game. This was actually my first experience with the Venom character um, ever. And I played this when I was like four or five years old in the Sega Genesis. So um, let's bang on a quick review. we got a couple minutes left. So rating it wise. Um, art department. Variety of art. And all of it really good. I'm going to give it I'm going to give it ten. In the art department, um, I'll give it a nine. I, I think it was really good. It had some of that hokiness, but I thought it was really good. I was going to go to nine as well. I liked uh, some more than others, but I, I definitely liked seeing all of it in one book. It, it is pretty nice. Um, action, got to give another ten uh, or a ten for that. So you're going to tens. When wasn't there a fight? <laughs> pretty much. There was a lot of battles, and they were all very unique experiences. Story. Got to give it 10. I mean, 14 issues, and it built up so well. Told so many stories. You told, like, seven, eight different stories. of Even Black Cat, like, she gives up and comes back, like, for her love of Peter Parker. Yes. Like, there's so many stories. And yet he's with another woman. It's it's crazy. It's so good. So, is that 10s all around? Yep. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, Dialogue. Plenty of dialogue to go around. Helped push the story. Learn a little bit about Cletus Cassidy and a lot of interactions between characters you've never seen before, you know, interact before. I'm going to go 10 as well as that. Um, I'll give it a 9. 9? Okay. I'll go 9 as well. I like, I was like, what, you know, I like Cletus Cassidy a lot, and it's this weird balance of like making you, again, hate him and like him. And that's the one thing I think reading the Eddie, the, the Eddie, yeah, the Eddie Brock Dark Origins, I almost got like a Cletus feel from him. Right. And it threw me off a little bit, but yeah. I feel you on that. All right, so this dialogue, rereadability. Um, I've read this book ten times over in my lifetime. Um, so it's getting a perfect score for me, um, 50 out of 50. Probably one of the coolest comics I've ever read, 10. Yes. I'd say 10 because I, I feel like there's so much going on. I, you could just keep like keep going and finding more things or like catching well, characters you didn't Like, catch. for example, if you're like, oh, I want to read a really good Cloak and Dagger story. There you go. Yeah. I want to read a really good Karner story. There you go. Vision randomly uh, pops up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very, yeah. I want to. I want to read. You know what? I want to read really good like shriek story. Like, it's, <laughs> there's literally everything for everybody cool. there. It is. It is a nice, really fun story. Um, go check it out. Um, Greg and Chris both give it 48 out of 50. 48 out of 50. I give it a 50. 
out of 50, but um, you gave two of your Venom stories 50s, huh? Uh, a little bias, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say, easily. Um, but, yeah, no, guys, yeah, we're going to close the show because we have been going a long time, two hours now. We're um, pumped for the movie. We've got a lot of Venom material. We'll see what they adapt. Yes. Probably a lot of Lethal Protector. I'd imagine some elements of separation anxiety. Some, yeah, I was a little crossover. Thing, yeah. But uh, go check it out and uh, go find us on Facebook. Uh, tell us what you think about it. We do want to hear. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll be back next week, regular schedule. And in two weeks, we'll be doing a Daredevil special. And, so, uh, we, I think we all got some kind of dark Halloween. Uh, yeah, we're going to do a Halloween books. episode, too. Oh, so. yeah. Which I'm pretty excited about mine. Uh, it's a very, I found a really weird, very fine. So, so. We'll find a lot of good ones. But. All set, guys? Yep. All right, everybody. Till next time, on behalf of Chris, Greg, and myself, this has been another episode of The Panel Discussion. 